Hey, I'm Ashley Waldbauer, and you're listening to Nevertheless, Shlee Persisted, a podcast slash audio diary where we prioritize gratitude and unpack why we keep on persisting. Welcome to another episode of Nevertheless Shlee Persisted. It's me, it's your girl, Shlee. And here it is. Here is the long-awaited episode where I finally chat about six. I've had so many of you reach out and um, ask me to chat about it, and I have been putting it off forever and ever. Amen. As you can tell from my past episodes where I'm like, I swear it's coming. Well, here it is. <laughs> but before we get into the craziness that is the sixth world, let's uh, dig into some gratitude, shall we? Okay, so first up on the list is a song called Let Me Down Easy, which is in Daisy Jones and the Six. I don't remember if I talked about this book at all on this podcast, but I loved it so much. I read it literally in two days and um, then watched the, uh, is it Amazon? Yeah, the Amazon show um, version of Daisy Jones and the Six, which like highly recommend. Although I will say... I wish I would have read the book after watching the series um, because the book obviously is just like way better and in the TV show like there's just so many things that it left out that I wish that they would have added in or expanded upon. Um, Like oh my gosh poor Matt as we're watching this together and he hasn't read the book so I'm like you know, reacting to things that are happening and I'm like, "Mm, that's not how that happened in the book or, oh, they forgot this and and poor guy having to sit there and listen to me rant about all things Daisy Jones and the Six. But anyway, they have bomb-ass music in this Amazon series and my favorite song is Let Me Down Easy. Um, So highly recommend the show and listening to the album. There is a rumor that the actual band is going on tour or like, you know, the actors that act as the band because um they like all play their actual instruments in the show which is also pretty cool so yeah it'll be interesting to see if they go on tour or not they keep like dropping hints like on tiktok here and there um but yeah so listen to that song oh uh totally forgot to plug that i made a playlist specifically for this podcast and it's called nevertheless this playlist existed and it's on um if you go to my instagram and open up my little link tree in my bio then you can find it and you can add songs that you want to put on the playlist too so it's just like a whole little music community and then like anything that um any song that my guest and i have talked about or i've talked about is all also on there so yeah if you want to join that little playlist community uh do it do the thing also shameless plug if you're not following me on instagram follow me at neverthelessly persisted please and thank you oh my gosh okay stop i have to um stop this gratitude list really quick because um the miss hannah spaulding just whatsapp <laughs> facetime me basically and she has to make an appearance okay scream really loudly into the the mic Incredible. And there you have the latest from Hannah. <laughs> Living the dream on the cruise ship. Woohoo! Wow, that just made my life. Okay. 
going back to the gratitude list. So number two, um, uh, my train of thought. I'm literally so distracted right now. Okay, okay, okay. Rain it in, Ashley. Number two on the gratitude list is sequins. Okay, so I have these shoes that I wear as the narrator and they are simultaneously like the the weirdest shoes I have ever worn in my entire life but they're also like the best things I've ever worn in my entire life um and they're these like sequined heels but there's like oh man you're just gonna you're gonna have to go check out the picture on my Instagram which I'm sure I will post because man it's just so hard to describe what they look like I'm currently looking at a picture of them and there's like sequins that are pink and purple and blue and green and then there's like a bunch of gold and neon pink and glittery blue yeah I just I mean naturally all of the colors because Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat you know what I mean so many colors um yeah they're incredible and they're like high-heeled boots and it's given me some (laughs) topical weird um six PTSD with our sequined boots um so very much those vibes <laughs> but I, I literally can't wait for you guys to see these shoes um they crack me up so yes sequins but also sequined boots all right number three on the gratitude list is driving a car so um for this contract I got a car and not gonna lie guys it has been a game changer last time I was here I did not have one and um Fredericksburg is really not a town that you can walk around in um it's just it does not have the same vibe as New York where you can easily get around um so thankfully I asked for one for this contract and I was given it thank you Riverside um and oh my gosh I just love it I it took me like a hot second to like kind of remember how to be behind the wheel but you know it's just like riding a bike right (laughs) I say that and you're probably like wow she's a reckless driver I'm really not I'm actually like a total grandma when it comes to driving um but yeah I don't know when you just like don't drive for a while you're like whoa this is new a whole new world um but yeah having a car is amazing it's like also like bright blue which kind of cracks me up so we're really leaning into the the um tackiness of it all with the sequins and the the blue car woohoo electric blue also side note I've never had a car with a backup camera in it I feel like so high tech also I've never had a car where you could like really connect your um, phone to it like bluetooth wise (laughs) I mean yeah my car in high school was like old it had like a car phone in it so um yeah I feel very high tech with this car Okay, number four, continental breakfast. Uh, like I said, I'm living in a hotel room um, and they have continental breakfast. And um, I feel like I've gotten into a really good routine uh, this past week where my body like naturally wakes me up now at 7.30, which, you know, asked me a couple weeks ago, I probably would have hated that. But I'm really digging waking up early in the morning. And it's nice when your body does it naturally for you. So I guess that's another gratitude point this week. Not only continental breakfast, but also waking up 
naturally basically but back to the continental breakfast it ends at 10 a.m which is why I got on the little side rant about waking up early um but yeah it's like so nice to go down and like I never have to worry about what I'm gonna eat for breakfast like I get coffee down there I get a bagel with some peanut butter call it a day and then I usually have fruit up here but yeah whatever love me a continental breakfast baby All right, number five on the list, and the last one on the list, it is soft serve. Okay, listen, I, number one, love ice cream. I mean, who doesn't, unless you're lactose intolerant, and then I severely apologize. So downtown Fredericksburg is like the cutest place ever. They have like a ton of small businesses and restaurants, and it's like super historical. And like when Matt came to visit last time, we got to take a trolley ride around downtown Fredericksburg um, and just like look at all of like the historical moments down here. And um, yeah, like there's like cannonballs like stuck in buildings still. Anyway. I could go on and on about it, but there is this cute little ice cream shop called Carl's and they only serve soft serve ice cream and it's only like vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate and it's like the cutest thing ever. It's like, I guess it reminds me of like a 50s diner, but it's like all outside and yeah, it's just like the cutest little little thing and the soft serve is really freaking good so my friend grace and i shout out grace hey um went and did that this week and it was really fun and that is my gratitude list of the week lots of things to be grateful for i hope that you are keeping track of what you're grateful for this week and also let me know what you're grateful for because it's fun to share usually on my instagram every sunday i ask what's been on your gratitude list this week so um on sunday pop on over and tell me what you're grateful for okay cool do the thing all right friends let's get into the thoughts and feels of this week um or really past weeks because this happened a uh, year ago now basically which is crazy to me um yeah like I said I have been kind of procrastinating this episode it just feels um a little vulnerable for me um but like really really vulnerable which (laughs) I mean this entire podcast is vulnerable let's be honest every episode I'm kind of like I don't know how this is gonna be received but this one just uh I don't know it just it makes me a little nervy. Yeah, just um, chatting about it in such a real and vulnerable way makes me a little scared. But you know what? I've worked through a lot of the the trauma that kind of emerged from this um, experience. And um, I am happy to share with you all. So let's dive in. All right, so let's start from the beginning, which I hear is a very nice place to start. But okay, <laughs> bad reference alert. Um, anyway, auditions. So the six auditions were some of the most intense auditions that I have ever, ever been through in my entire life. And once again, I've been performing since I was six years old. So technically, while these auditions are still going on, it's like still pretty much the pandemic. I think it was like... June 2021 basically when I was starting these um, auditions so all in all I went in 
um, four six for about six different rounds. LOL. <laughs> six and six rounds. How convenient. Anyway, the way that they break it down is basically the first round is like you submit yourself on Actors Access or whatever for like a little pre-screen. So I just sent in a pop song that I had already filmed on tape, which fun fact, if you want to know what song I sent, I, at least I'm pretty sure I sent this song. It was My Future by Billie Eilish. I do a little rendition of it and it's like my go-to audition song. Absolutely love it. Um, so after that pre-screen, then they send you an eco-cast through Actors Access to film the dance call, which was um, Get Down, like a little snippet from Get Down. And um, then you also have to send in two pop songs of their choosing. So basically they send you like a list of 10 different pop songs and you pick two to send in. I'm pretty sure the ones that I sent in were Halo by Beyonce and Bang Bang with Jessie J, Ariana Grande, and Nicki Minaj. You know that song. It's a fun one. So then if you get past that round, um, then you get invited to do a dance call. So this is the third round at this point. So dance call number one, you come in, you do a little ditty from Get Down, basically the one that you've already learned, and then they teach you a little bit of all you want to do. If you get through that, then they assign you some queens, and you go in for the fourth round to do your queen's songs um, in front of the directors and the creative team. So in my first round, I went in for Seymour, Bolin, and um, Howard, and then they also wanted to see me do a little par. Um, so yeah, four to the six queens, not too shabby. And then after that, so this is the fifth round at this point, you do your queen songs again, but they group you with five other girls and you all sing in front of one another. Super intense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, after you get through that, then it's the final callback where you do another dance call and then you do your queen songs again. Oh, oh, and you do the opening chat. But you do that the fifth and sixth round. I totally forgot about that. And the opening chat is basically like the first um, scene with all of the queens where they're basically just like telling the audience what's up and like hyping them up. So lots of rounds, really intense. It lasted weeks and I was a nervous wreck through it all. So the fun thing about this is that I vlogged my way through this entire audition process. And yes, I still have the vlogs. And no, no one has ever seen them before. No one. I am the only one whose eyes have laid upon them. <laughs> what a weird way to phrase that. I am the only one whose eyes have laid upon them. Anyway, um, moving on. Yeah, it's just really interesting to go back and watch these vlogs um, because this was really my first big audition out of the pandemic. Um, and I hadn't performed in literally so long and I had still been taking classes and working really hard throughout the pandemic. So I felt really good about going into these auditions. Like I felt like weirdly enough at the top of my game, even though I hadn't performed in a hot sec. And that's honestly pretty evident when you watch these vlogs. I'm sure I'll share some of them on um, Instagram for you all. Um, but I went in with the attitude that I had already booked the show. And I know that's kind of like a scary concept to go with because like you don't want to, you know, if it doesn't work out in the end, like you don't want to get your hopes up. But it honestly, it, it did help me with my confidence going into the room um, 
just to pretend that I already had the job and they just wanted to see me again for shits and gigs. So yeah, I was feeling pretty good about the entire audition process. Like I worked really hard and um, did really well in the room each time. And then we got into the final callback, which um, once again, I still feel like I did pretty good in the dance portion. And then um, I I think we were at... Ripley? I don't remember exactly where we were, but for the final callback where we had to do all of the Queen's songs again in front of one another, which was not my favorite thing. It's pretty intimidating as hell. Um, Even if everyone is so loving and supportive in the room, it's just awkward as fuck. Um, So yeah, not my favorite thing. But they had us in this shitty room where it just like sucked all of the sound out of the room. Um, and it just like you could barely hear yourself and it, it just felt like you were pushing super, super hard. Um, and they like knew that the creative team even said something about it. But um, yeah, it, it was just like not fun material to sing in that room. Like trying to sing Seymour's song, Heart of Stone, like was awful because when you get to the big yeah part, like uh it just it it was like you could barely hear yourself it was awful and I left that room feeling like shit for the very first time in all six rounds and yeah I just um yeah I felt really bad about it I was I was really hard on myself after leaving that audition like I remember calling my mom and like kind of breaking down after and was like I fucked up I fucked up so hard and I'm getting emotional right now just because it was such a hard um, audition process. I think I'm getting emotional just because, I don't know, when you do so well for all five rounds and then you just feel like you fucking blew it at the end, like, oh, it just, it fucking blows, man. <laughs> like, all, it feels like all of that hard work just went down the drain. Um, and, you know, now... I am way better at processing those feelings and leaving the whatever happened in the room out the door. Um, but that at that point in my life, um, I didn't know how to cope with those feelings. And especially because this was the first job that I was going in for since the pandemic. So I felt like this weird thing where like if I didn't book this, like then maybe I needed to kind of rethink my path in life which is so dramatic and I I understand that but like it really felt truly like life or death because there were so few jobs at this point I think I also felt this pressure that like I needed to book this or I I wanted to book this because I felt like the the universe was giving me so many signs that this was the path that I was supposed to go on. And really at this point, I was like kind of starting to like dip my toes into my spirituality and, um, you know, manifesting and all of that jazz. And holy crap, I manifested so freaking hard for this job. Um, But it was almost like I felt like I had let the universe down as well, which once again, I know dramatic, but that's how I felt. So I left that uh, final callback feeling uh, just like shit and, you know, tried to kind of set it aside. But um, as the weeks went on, I pretty much figured that, like, I probably didn't book the show, which blew. Um, And then I was on a trip back home to Washington State to visit my family. Um, And this was about 
this was around August because it was around my um, brother's birthday. But um, I got an email from Norwegian offering me a contract, um, but as a rehearsal swing and not one of the, the queens that actually go on board. So let me explain to you what a rehearsal swing is for Norwegian. Um, so a rehearsal swing only comes to uh, rehearse in Tampa, Florida, which is their headquarters for the rehearsal process. Um, and they are swings, they're cast as swings um, and cover multiple roles in a show um, in case one of the other girls um, that's actually going on the ship like drops last minute or if something happens to them, then they have someone to call on land to be like, hey, um, we need you to cover. Um, and yeah, so that's what I was originally cast in. Um, it's just so interesting. This is the part that I feel... <sighs> Uh, weirdly the most shame about and I think that this is where my imposter syndrome really started to um, rear its fucking ugly head because I think at the time I viewed a, a rehearsal swing as like yeah you almost made it like yeah you did get cast but like not really like you didn't you just didn't make the the top cut um, and I was just like really down on myself about it. And I want to say like that's not how I think about rehearsal swings now at all. Um, if you get a rehearsal swing contract, like that's a great fucking gig because you get to work with a creative team. You get to learn an awesome book show usually and um, you don't have to go on a boat, which is nice. Or, or if you really want to go on a boat, there's also a possibility that someone might drop out during rehearsals or during the actual contract. I've heard it happen so, so many times. It's a great gig. But because I didn't know the world, the cruise ship world, I viewed it as like second place, basically. So weeks pass and I'm getting more and more comfortable with um, joining the team as a rehearsal swing and I'm getting excited about it. Um, and I also am looking forward to like other things in my life once um, that contract is over and that's kind of how I am. It's like if something happens where I like didn't think it was going to pan out the way that it was, like I'll be pretty sad about it for like a day and then like instantly because my Virgo-ness is like, hey, let's turn this shit around. Um, then I'm like, all right, let's pre create like a, a little list of things that I can look forward to um, to get my mind off of it and to get out of this little slump. So that's kind of where I was at. I really was like, awesome, cool, life is good, just going to go do this little stint in Tampa for a month and then head back to New York and then two weeks before I head to Tampa I get another email um, offering me another contract from Norwegian basically and I was like oh this must be a mistake because they already offered me the rehearsal swing and then I look at the email and they are offering me an actual swing um, on board the bliss and I uh, freaked out Funny enough, when I opened that email, the first feeling that came to me was just like this rush of dread. Um, I like opened it and just like instantly started crying. It was, <laughs> ooh, it was, um, it was rough. Like it was just so hard to, 
go from this mindset of like, I'm happy to be a rehearsal swing. Like this is where I need to be. Um, There's so much to look forward to and like being fine with where I'm at. And then all of the sudden being thrown this other bomb that's like, just kidding. Now you have to be thrown on the ship. You're actually on the ship now. And not only that, but you have to uproot your entire life in two weeks. Yeah, it just was like a really intense time for me because like my old roommates and I were talking like if I would have booked that job, if I would have gone on the ship, then like they would move in with their significant others because when I was on the contract, like our apartment lease would be up. So I basically had to like kind of spring that on them and was like, I'm actually going on the ship. So then I had to move all of my shit out of the of the apartment in two weeks, which seems like a lot of time but it really is not um and then making sure that you see everyone before you leave all of your friends and I also had my birthday in those two weeks and um like newly turned what I think I turned 24 25 nope definitely 24 I am currently 25 can't do math and it was weird because like at the time I had like just started kind of seeing someone and it just was like so much like I just was really really confused Plus, once again, I'm a Virgo. I love structure. I love planning. And so, like, it just felt like this big bomb that was about to go off. And I was stressed the fuck out. And then not only all of those logistical bombs going off, I also still had this this sense of um, imposter syndrome. Still feeling like I was second place. Like, I just, like, got bumped up. Like, I was lucky to get bumped up. And, like, I don't know. I think in my brain I was like, well, I didn't actually book the part like I didn't earn it which is so stupid looking back on it now but that's exactly how I felt at the time there was truly a moment there where I like thought I was gonna turn it down but obviously I didn't I just was feeling a lot of emotions at the time and talked to a lot of people that helped calm me down about it um but yeah I just like that was one of those moments where like imposter syndrome could have really really won and thankfully it didn't because I have good people surrounding me So at the end of the day, obviously I took the contract and I did everything that I needed to. Moved out basically in two weeks, found a sublet and blah, 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 blah. So then I made the journey to Tampa. I got there a little late because they had issues with my medical and I had to take a fucking drug test again, which was stupid because apparently the first time I took the drug test, I drank too much water so they couldn't actually like tell my results literally so stupid you tell me to drink water because I whatever I could go on a rant about the actual like medical clearing process for cruise ships it's really stupid they fucked up on their side so I was a day late for rehearsals which just was another stressor in my life really fun but it's all good because I got there and I met everyone and all of the girls were just like so kind and cool and um yeah we just got right into rehearsals So the rehearsal process is pretty intense as well. Um, We're basically working from like 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day. And since all of the girls are in the entire show, like no one really leaves the stage, we're there all day every day. You know, it's not like another book show like Footloose or Jersey Boys where like you have some time off um, and like there are staggered call times. Nope, everyone's called all day every day. 
Also another learning curve for me was that I had never been a swing before. So at this point, I knew that I was swinging for Boleyn, Howard, and Seymour. Um, and that was just like a major learning curve really just trying to figure out how I was going to keep track of everyone and thankfully my other swing who I love and adore Marilyn my swing bean um, she also oh I don't want to fuck this up Marilyn but I'm I'm pretty sure this was her first time being a swing too if I got that wrong please please let me know but basically at the end of the day we were really in it together which was like so nice and we really really leaned um, on each other a lot throughout this process and also the other rehearsal swings as well because they are we're just like all scrambling in one corner trying to figure out <laughs> trying to learn all of the, the different parts because also the rehearsal swings are learning three different parts as well also I just got to go on a little side rant about swings and swing culture because swing culture in our current industry is just like so incredibly toxic I mean I think since the pandemic, we've become more aware of swings and more grateful for swings. Um, but there is still like swings really don't get treated very well. And yet they do like the most work and are so freaking talented because they can do so many roles. Like having swing brain is like truly a gift to be able to retain so many different tracks and moving pieces. Like swings truly save so many asses in this theater industry and um, I just, yeah, I, I'll say I just don't think that they get enough accolades for all of the hard work that they do. And yes, I am a little biased because I have been a swing before, but I still think it's a good reminder and one of my biggest pet peeves is if you're seeing a show with someone and, you know, one of the people that you want to see was out and a swing is in, like, ugh, I hate people talking shit about, oh, I wanted to see this person in the audience. Like, I totally hear you. I totally get it. But, like, also, fucking be respectful because the swing is probably just as good. I'm telling you. Anyway, one of the hardest things about swing culture, I think, is just trying to navigate the rehearsal process. Because, like, yes, you are a part of the show, but also you're not because you're not on stage every night. Um, and one of the things that I didn't really love in um, our rehearsal process was when to differentiate the swings versus the queens, the, the lingo of main queens was used a lot. Um, and I know that's a really simple thing. And once again, I don't mean to sound dramatic, but like words have meaning. And um, when using main queens as the, the one word to differentiate um, what cast you currently want on stage, it just like, uh, like the imposter syndrome truly just like keeps coming back and rearing that fucking ugly head every time. Because I will always and forever know myself not as a main queen, but as a swing, which is great but like I just I don't know I felt like there could have been a better way to to call one another I guess and once again my cast members the girls in my cast were incredible and never made me feel like I was not in the cast um I think I mean I'm gonna talk about them a lot in this episode but those women oh my gosh like 
they're just some of the greatest people and performers that I have ever worked with in my life. Um, and they have always made me feel so supported and cared for. Um, and I hope that if you are a swing out there, you get to experience a cast like I did. Because, oh my god, I just like have so much love for these women. So yeah, the rehearsal process was fine. To be honest, like I don't really remember a ton about it because it just like went by so freaking fast because you're working all of the time. So, you know, after four weeks of um, rehearsing, then we flew to LA to get on the ship, the good old bliss, where we did install basically right away, um, which is, what is install? It's basically tech week where you get on stage and you do tech. Super fun. We open the show. It all goes really well. Um, Marilyn and I are made um, dance captain and show captain. So Marilyn's dance captain, which basically means that when we're not on stage, we watch the show and take notes. She takes notes on dance. I take notes on acting and staging and blah, 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 blah. Now, one of the things that is nice about Norwegian and Six in general is Marilyn and I got guaranteed performances for each track that we were covering, which is great because we needed it, especially in a show like Six where it's just, Six is a very hard show, let me tell you. Not only vocally, but dance-wise, and there's just like so many things that you got to keep um, track of. It's really, really fucking difficult. Um, and we make it look really easy. <laughs> so uh, having these guaranteed performances were truly a godsend. I also think having these guaranteed performances was something for us both to look forward to because obviously, yes, we're in the audience taking notes pretty much, um, you know, every night that we perform. Um, but it's it's hard to not be on stage all of the time. That's another hard thing about being a swing. Yeah, it's just, you just want to be performing. And uh, as a swing, you're not. So um, yeah, once again, dramatic, but those guaranteed performances were kind of like our lifeline. <laughs> Something to look forward to. So I think that my guaranteed performance was scheduled first. So I was gonna go on for Bolin um, on a two show day. And Matt kind of told this story in our um, Long Distance Lemonade episode, so I'll give you a little Spark Notes version if you haven't listened to it. Um, but it was basically the night that I debuted Two Queens in One Night, and um, it's weird to talk about. Uh, um. So basically, long story short, the first show I go on as Bolin, and it goes really, really well. And then our lovely Howard, her voice kind of started to give out before the second show. And so the stage manager pulled me aside asking me if I would rather do um, a Howard show or we can totally cancel it. Fine, whatever. And so I said, yeah, let's try Howard. Let's see what happens. So then I do the second show as Howard and I completely black out. But as far as I know, it went well. Um, and yeah, so I debuted Two Queens in One Night. Um, and I'm, I just am very proud of myself for doing that. And um, if you would have asked me if I could ever do that, um, I probably would have told you no. Um, but thankfully, I was born with a swing brain. Um, and I'm very, very, very grateful for that. Anyway, it was a great night, and that's when I um, drunkenly hit on Matt. So, you know, <laughs> all around a pretty decent night. 
So, so far so good. Marilyn makes her um, par debut and it goes so well. She's such a kick-ass performer. And then we just start getting into our stride as a cast. Um, and, you know, shows are going well. The cruise is going well. Um, and then our time on the cruise ship kind of takes a turn when Omicron really hits. Yeah, so we were on the ship when Omicron hit, pretty insane, um, and it attacked our ship pretty hard, um, and thankfully, we were able to kind of dodge it, basically, with our cast. Like, some of our cast members in six did get COVID, but it thankfully was only like one or two at a time, so Marilyn and I could cover. It honestly attacked Jersey Boys way more than us but that being said ship life got really really hard um because more rules were being placed on us um we uh, yeah just day-to-day life was really hard like they pretty much cracked down on you know how many people could be in your cabin at a time and we couldn't go off the ship we couldn't be in guest area very much it just was not the the cruise ship or the ship life that we were promised in the beginning and it was very hard to live day to day honestly a lot of us were pretty depressed yeah and I just like remember us having no gym access for a long time which um let me just say is really hard and sucks when you're doing such an active show like six like once again I know I sound dramatic being like we couldn't go to the gym but that's like one of our necessities of being a performer trying to take care of our body and even like we were forced to eat in crew mess when usually we could eat in like the the guest areas um but in crew mess the food was like oh my god it was rancid it was so bad and so it's like how do you expect us to take care of our bodies and and still do this incredibly difficult show and our tom um which is basically the manager on the ship that kind of helped us it didn't help us at all and listen oh oh I could go off about her but once again I'm trying to be positive about the situation but she sucked she sucked so bad and she didn't help us at all Ugh. There are very few people on this earth that I have like really bad feelings towards and um she is one of them and she will always be one of them <laughs> And I'll get into further reasons why later. But um, yeah, it just basically bringing it full circle. A lot of things were taken away from us. A lot of basic necessities were taken away. And she was no help at all. Even though that's her fucking job. But no, she was too busy worrying about what the captains would think of her if she brought up how we were feeling. Anyway, more and more people started to get COVID and more and more rules were placed and a lot of things were taken away from us. Like they wouldn't even allow us alcohol, you guys, like because they thought that it would encourage gathering of crew members. Like, no, we're all depressed. We're all sad that our friends are locked away. Like, please just give me a bottle of wine so I can be by myself in my cabin, please. Okay, so here's where it got really messy. Um, 
some of our girls were put in quarantine. And when you get COVID, um, you either – I feel like the rules kept changing, so it's going to be kind of hard for me to keep this straight. But um, basically at this point, since the ship was at half capacity for, you know, how many passengers were on the ship, um, if you got COVID, they would move you into a passenger room, which was nice because it's bigger. But that was still no guarantee that you got any sunlight or any porthole, or any um, balcony, Um, and we all had WhatsApp to communicate with one another, Um, and so we had girls messaging Marilyn and I being like, hey, I haven't gotten food or water at all today, and it was like almost dinner time, and Marilyn and I are like the point men because we're the captains, and I, I, uh, it's hard for me to even say that because it's like if you would have told anyone, any of the six girls would have brought it to the Tom. But once again, our Tom was awful and didn't do shit about it. And as cast members, there's really only so much that we can do. Like, thank goodness, not only for the six girls, but for the Jersey Boys cast and the Prohibition cast. Like, shout out to you all because, like, we all did our best to kind of, like, sneak things and to sneak snacks and and food and, and water to these people in quarantine because they weren't being taken care of. So it got really bad. Um, and Marilyn and I decided to contact our director. So basically we had a meeting with the director and told her what was up and how we were being treated and if anyone on land knew that this is what was happening. And at this point we're also communicating with some of the six girls on the breakaway which is a different ship and they're going through similar things as well. So it's not just us um, but I'm not even sure if the six team the six producers know that this is happening and our director didn't seem to think so as well so we got in contact with the producer told them what's up and uh yeah they were pretty appalled because um norwegian didn't tell them shit no fucking duh of course they're not going to tell you they're going to tell you that everything is fine because our tom is probably telling you that everything is fine when it's not can you tell i have feelings about this Anyway, talking to the producer helped a little bit, Um, you know, just to kind of have someone on our side um, on land was really helpful, just someone to communicate with, and yeah. So if you didn't think that this was insane enough, it gets crazier. Um, So after kind of like trying to talk things through with the producer, just trying to get better livable conditions for everyone um I got a call at like 9 a.m one morning um to gather all of the six girls into the dressing room um because our Tom and stage manager needed to have a chat with us and I was like awesome what the fuck is this gonna be sorry for all of the f-bombs this episode but that is just um how it is So we're all gathered, or at least most of us, because some of us were in quarantine for having COVID. I think like maybe two or three of the girls um, were in quarantine at this time. So we like had them like pulled up on our stupid ship phones or whatever, um, hoping that they could hear what was going on. But basically we got handed a letter saying that we were all let go. And at this point it's January and our contract was supposed to go through May. And I think we were given this letter on either a Wednesday or Thursday um, and expected to get off the ship 
on Sunday. So like three or four days to pack up our entire ship life and go. Now, Marilyn and I are freaking out because we're like, oh, was this a producer decision? Was this a Norwegian decision? Do they know what's going on? So we're like in desperate communication with the producer and she had no idea about it and blah, 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 blah. So after talking everything through and trying to figure out what the fuck is happening and why we are being let go, what happened was that the week that we were let go, there was a meeting held on land by Norwegian in their headquarters being like, we got to make some some budget cuts because Norwegian, shockingly, wasn't doing very well um, because every ship is like at half capacity and um, we got to cut some shows. And they basically looked at a piece of paper, saw which show didn't perform that week, and cut them. And we were on that list, which is funny because that week was the only week that six didn't perform. Because I think three girls got sick. And there are only two swings. And that was the only week we didn't perform. And, like, not to throw my Jersey Boys people under the bus but like they went they had multiple weeks where they didn't perform and it was like what the fuck but also their norwegian would never get rid of jersey boys especially when you have a bunch of old people on your ship that's who is going on these cruise ships during a fucking pandemic once again i love my jersey boys cast it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with norwegian so at this point like it is what it is. Like, the producer can't do anything. Um, it is a Norwegian decision, and we have to leave the ship in a couple of days. And those last few days on the ship were so awful because we had already performed our last show, which we didn't know was our last show. And some girls didn't even get to perform because they were in fucking quarantine. And not only that, but, like, you have to say goodbye to so many friends that you had just met on the ship. Matt and I had just started seeing each other, really, and that was uh, difficult, and we had a lot of hard conversations. And, I mean, at this point, like, because we only had four days' notice, like, I didn't know where I was going to live because I had given up my apartment. And thankfully... (laughs) Once again, weird story, but like thankfully Matt didn't have a subletter, so I was able to move into his place, but also that's really scary because we just started this relationship and blah, 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 blah. You can go hear more about that on our Long Distance Lemonade episode, but um, it just was a really, really intense time and everyone was distraught. Like the morale on the ship was so incredibly low and not only from the six girls but from jersey boys and prohibition too i mean like like i just have so much gratitude towards those two casts because they were just really incredibly supportive so i hate to tell you that things get crazier but unfortunately they do we come to terms with the fact that we're leaving the cruise ship um and we pack up all our stuff and one of the things that's like pretty normal on cruise ships at least with Norwegian is that you get to take your show shoes home because they're custom-made Leducas um, and odds are that they probably won't use them again. So we all pack up our stuff and before you leave the ship you have to go through like a security checkpoint where they like look through your luggage and make sure that like you didn't steal uniforms or you know things from the ship and we were all cleared we get off the ship life sucks we're all like bawling our eyes out and um right before we like leave 
the Norwegian um, area, the gangway, our Tom comes out after us and we're like, oh, this will be nice. I hope that she's like saying goodbye and how nice it was to work with us. Well, no, she comes out and she's like, give us the shoes. Did you take the shoes? And we were all like, yes, okay. Um, And she was like, yeah, you need to give those back right now. So we give them back. We're like, so sorry. We were told that we were allowed to take these. Um, And she was like, yeah, no, that's like not supposed to happen. And we're like, okay, so sorry. Here are the shoes. Here you go. Have them back. So we leave and we're like, wow, what an odd moment. And also, okay, awesome. Thanks. That's just such a lovely um, memory to end the Norwegian bliss with. Um, basically accusing us of stealing even though we didn't steal anything and gave everything back. So super fun. Um, we leave. We all go back home. I end up going to Miami with Marilyn, which is where she's from, because who doesn't want to go to Miami after the shit show that was the bliss? Um, yeah, and thankfully she welcomed me with open arms and oh, I cherish cherished those times that we had together. It was so much fun. But we're just like trying to keep the producer up to date on what's happening, asking her like if there are any next steps, if, you know, we can be in consideration for the tours. Um, and then all of a sudden we get a, I'm pretty sure it was a text. Maybe it was an email, either a text or email from the producer being like, stop contacting me. (laughs) And then we get a letter immediately from Norwegian being like, now you all are put on the do not rehire list because you stole property, which is stupid because we didn't steal anything. We gave everything back. And yeah, so whatever at this point we're like okay fuck Norwegian they literally treated us so badly and like we could care less about Norwegian we just want to make sure that our relationship with six is okay so we're like trying to reach out and then finally the producer is like yeah so you're not allowed to work for any of um the six productions based on what Norwegian has told you or based on what Norwegian has told us and if you want to, you know, fight this, then here is our American producing team. <sighs> now, this sucks for so many different reasons. Um, number one, we thought that we had a relationship with this producer, um, and I guess we did not. Um, number two, sucks that we can't work for six at all, even though we literally didn't do anything. And number three, like, at the end of the day, they didn't even try to hear our sides before making this decision. Once again, fuck Norwegian. Who cares about Norwegian? But we did expect a little better from Six and the team. It just kind of is a little funny to silence women when your show is all about not silencing women. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why it, it just was so shocking to us because we thought that we had built a rapport with this producer and um, we came to you for help and you know how Norwegian treated us and now you're going to take Norwegian's side and believe them? Okay. It just was really disappointing um, because at the end of the day, obviously this industry is like all about the business, all about the money, but like... 
I don't know. We just thought that six and the six team might have been different. And it unfortunately was not. So we all chat about it, all of the six girls, and we decide to um, meet with the producer. um, And we do one-on-ones with them. And basically each of us share our side of the story, which is all the same. I don't know if they were trying to catch us in a lie or whatever. I don't even fucking care at this point. Um, But it just was so stupid because like this is a producer that hasn't even been dealing with us or hasn't dealt with Norwegian like we've only been working with the UK producers so it was just like so weird to come in and try to explain our story when they like didn't know anything at all it just like the way that it all was handled was so incredibly stupid (laughs) and it just like once again made me lose a lot of faith in this industry over fucking shoes that we didn't even take Anyway, I'm truly giving you the Sparknotes version here um, because there's so many like little details that are that I'm leaving out because I just don't think they're important. Yeah, uh, at the end of the day, we were all feeling just like pretty awful about ourselves and where we stood in the industry and yeah, it just was awful. And once again, I can't speak for the other girls, but I can speak for myself and I can definitely say that it was um, the lowest that I had been in a, in a really long time. I was so incredibly embarrassed about the situation and about what happened. Um, I didn't tell my friends. I barely told my family. I just felt like so much shame for something that I couldn't really control. But I don't know. It's just like I didn't want to come back on land and be like, hey, guess who's on the do not rehire list? Nah, it's me. Yeah, that's not very fun. So at the end of the day, we're all good with six now. I've been seen for six for the tour and Broadway, whatever, where our relationship is fine. And that's really all I care about. But I'm also kind of like, I don't know, it's hard with six. It's really hard because I love the show and I love performing in it and I love what it stands for. But um, do I want to work for a company that does that to their artists? Do I trust them again? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't matter because I'm not getting offered a Broadway contract at this moment. But um, <laughs> but th- th- those are the things that I think about. I'm just like, do I even want to work for this company? I mean, fucking duh. Yes, because I want to be on Broadway. But I don't know. It's also, it's just like a little bit of an internal struggle. And not only do I feel like we were shafted by six, but like it took me so long to regain my confidence back after that shit show. Um, because it... Um, Oof, here, here we go. Um, Because I often ask myself, you know, would life be different if I didn't take the shoes or if I didn't raise concerns to the producers and if we just kept our mouth shut? Like, I don't, and I don't anymore, obviously. Like, I, once again, have um, worked through this all um, and wouldn't change a thing. But it's still very, very difficult. Yeah, it's just hard because I think all of us had the mindset of like since we were the first six cast basically back at it since the pandemic um on the ships not broadway by any means but um but we did feel like it was kind of a trajectory moment for us so we would be put on the tours and broadway and that just has um not been the way that things have turned out and when I got back to New York, it took me a really long time to um, to believe in myself again, I guess. 
I had no faith in myself and my talent and more importantly, the industry. It was a lots of questioning of like, why do I do this? Why am I doing this? It was just really hard to, um, you know, come back from working for your, you know, dream company and having them disappoint you so much. And I just was, you know, like, if this is how they are, then this is, must be how every other show is too. Looking at their actors as indispensable, basically. So yeah, that is my sixth story. I'm sorry it doesn't really end very well. Well, okay, that's not true. There's actually a lot of good that has come out of this shitty situation. Um, number one, uh, how resilient I am. I test that boundary all the time and I just continue to discover how strong I am. Um, I mean, quite literally, this podcast is called Nevertheleshly Persisted and damn, do I do that. Um, so number one, there's that. I'm really fucking strong <laughs> as I am a crying. Um, number two, my brain is incredible. Uh, I never thought that I would be able to do the work that I did on that contract. And my bar or my caliber of work just continues to climb. And I think six was great for me because it shows me that like my limits, that the limit does not exist yet for me, I guess. I just am constantly learning new things about myself and my work and how good it is damn it and I'm only gonna strive to be better and continue to grow and just be the best performer that I can be my imposter syndrome slowly is going away because I know I, I just accomplished so much on that contract and continue to accomplish so much in my life so fuck off imposter syndrome number three I have learned how to separate myself from my work I am not my work I am a full-on human being and my work is just a part of me. And I think that's something that's really, really important to learn. And I think that's why this entire situation hurts so hard and is why I am still recovering from it is because acting in Six was my life. I made Six my personality. And now I just don't do that with any of my work. I separate myself completely. Not completely, because obviously there's always going to be a little part of you in these characters that you're portraying, but um, I am not my work. Number four, I think is what I'm on. Um, uh, something that is good that came out of this is I had my cruise ship itch scratched and I'll never do it again. Woohoo! I don't want to do a cruise ship again. Yay. Number five, my standards for how I am treated in a contract is much higher now. I just like refuse to be treated badly and I refuse to not speak up. I'm just not afraid to ask for the necessities anymore. And lastly, I am so incredibly and eternally grateful for all of the people that I met on the ship who have become lifelong friends and uh, boyfriend. Um, <laughs> but I just cannot talk enough about these women that I worked with. I could go on and on and on, but um, I came up with a little, very small list of um, things that I just am so grateful for in each and every one of them. And I could go on and on and on, but I tried to keep it pared down to like a sentence or two. 
So Miss Melinda, our leader, our Aragon, you are such a star and your light shines so freaking bright. I am grateful for your laugh and your endless amount of leopard print. Plus your high kick during No Way can never, ever be beat. Lo, my bow sister, my fellow chaos goblin, I am grateful for your kind heart and endless optimism. You have so much grace and poise and yet always know how to throw down. I cherish our many, many laughs together. My sweet gal Wes, our mama Seymour, I hope to have as much talent as you possess in your pinky finger one day. You are truly a nurturer at heart and are always looking out for everyone. Wes is such a magnet and listen, you could see it all unfold at Crew Bar. <laughs> Miss Maya, the baby of the bunch, our Cleves, you are truly the only person on this earth that can match my pop culture dialogue. You are easily one of the funniest people I know and your presence is, well, the only way I can describe it is, like, you're a hoot and a half, <laughs> my North Carolina gal. Priyanka, my Brie, our lovely Howie, such a ball of sunlight and goodness. My favorite phrase of yours is, how's your heart? And I think that just perfectly describes who you are as a human. So incredibly caring. And I also really like your um, your phrase, classic Brie. <laughs> Megan, our powerhouse par, and truly you are a powerhouse. You are so honest and true to yourself, and it's just so incredibly inspiring. Plus, your riffs can literally lull me to sleep any day. I love you so much, my sweet Virgo sister. Lastly, my swing bean, my Marilyn. Girl, we truly went through it together, and there is no one else that I would have rather gone through the storm with. You are so incredibly strong and always stick to your roots. You are not afraid to speak up and stand up for those who need it. And I just love you so, so much. And also a big shout out to our ladies in waiting. Um, truly the heartbeat of the show. I am so, so grateful to know every single one of you and collaborate with you all. And I hope we get to do it again in the future. Um, and once again, I could go on and on about all of these people truly just such a light in my life and um although it ended so badly um I've learned so much and have gained so many amazing people in my life and yeah I feel like I'm just talking in circles now um but that is my sixth story and I don't know I hope you take something from it there's so many things that I just kind of spilled out in the last hour I guess um and take what you want and leave what you don't anyway I love you all thank you so much for um listening and um yeah thank you just for letting me have a space where I can be vulnerable and open and honest I I really appreciate you all um and I hope that you have a great rest of your week and I'm very grateful for you all okay okay bye